We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Jesus began to teach them. Teach them. They were sheep without a shepherd. And what did Jesus do to help them? He taught them. That's what a shepherd does. That's what feeding the sheep is. It's teaching them the word of God. But remember, these, these false teachers, they're denying the word of God. They're twisting the word of God. They're not teaching the word of God. But a shepherd, a good shepherd, should feed the flocks. In today's message, Pastor Dan teaches about Jesus feeding his flock. You are a sheep that has gone astray. He desires to teach you God's ways and guide you in a new life. In contrast to Jesus the Good Shepherd, false teachers deny and twist the Word of God. They will lead you away from the Lord, down a path of selfishness and pride. Don't be deceived by people with slick words and messages different from what the Bible teaches. Focus on Jesus and read the Word so you can discern the truth. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Jude chapter 1 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. left off in verse 12 last week. So beginning in verse 12, these are spots in your love feasts while they feast with you without fear, serving only themselves. They are clouds without water, carried about by the winds, late autumn trees without fruit, twice dead, pulled up by the roots, raging waves of the sea, foaming up their own shame, Wandering stars, for whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. Now Enoch, the seventh from Adam, meaning the seventh generation, prophesied about these men also, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his saints, that's us, to execute judgment on all, to convict all who are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds, which they have committed in an ungodly way, and of all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These are grumblers, complainers, walking according to their own lusts, and they mouth great swelling words, flattering people to gain advantage. But you, beloved, remember the words which were spoken before by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how they told you, that there would be mockers in the last times who would walk according to their own ungodly lusts. These are sensual persons who cause divisions, not having the Spirit. Well, we began the book of Jude last week 
Uh, and just as a review, uh, if you remember in verse 3, uh, Jude tells us that he writes this letter to exhort us to contend earnestly for the faith. And we talked about uh, the faith being uh, you know, true Christian doctrine or the doctrines of the New Testament. And the reason we should contend for the faith is because there are ungodly men uh, teaching false doctrine in the churches and throughout the church. Uh, there are false teachers that have arisen. And these false teachers were uh, very popular in Jude's day, and false teachers are popular in our day as well. False teachers drew large crowds in, Jew, in uh, Jude's day. They draw large crowds uh, today. Uh, and the reason why false teachers are popular and draw large crowds is because their message appeals to the flesh. It appeals to the, the sin nature that we all have. Uh, in verse 4, if you remember from last week, Jude told us two characteristics of the teachings of these false uh, teachers. Uh, two things that identify them. Two things that you will recognize about their teaching. Two things that characterize their teaching. First of all, they will change the grace of God into license. They will change the grace of God into a license to sin. You know, the false teachers will say that you, you can be a Christian and live however you want and do whatever you want. Uh, and you, you can live whatever lifestyle that you, you want to and God accepts you that way. He accepts your behavior and they chalk it up to grace. They say God is gracious. God is accepting. God is loving. Uh, sometimes you'll hear them say uh, the grace of God is big enough to accept that. Uh, and that, that kind of puts you in a position where, you know, your understanding of the grace of God is smaller, <laughs> right, than their understanding. And it puts you in a defensive position. But if you remember, we, we mentioned last week that in Galatians, the Apostle Paul said, You have been called to liberty, but do not use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. We have been called to liberty by the grace of God, but we're not to use the liberty that we have in Christ or the freedom that we have in Christ as just an excuse to indulge our sin. But that's what the false teachers were promoting, essentially. Uh, they, they used the grace of God as an excuse to satisfy the sin nature. So that was one characteristic of their teaching. The second characteristic of their teaching in verse 4 was that they deny the truth. They deny the truth about Jesus Christ. They deny the truth about God's Word. Anything in the Bible that they don't agree with, they just reject it or disregard it or redefine it. And they elevate their own opinions above the Word of God instead of bringing their opinion into agreement with the Word of God. Uh, and sometimes these, these uh, people are referred to as liberal Christians. They'll use that title. Uh, and they will say uh, things like, I I'm a Christian, but I, I don't take the Bible literally. Or I'm a Christian, but I, I don't believe everything that's in the Bible. Or I I'm a Christian, I disagree with what the Bible says about fill in the blank. And, and that's, that's what Jude is talking about here. That's what Jude is referring to here. 
And then after, after that, from verses 5 to 11, we looked at last week, uh, Jude gave us six Old Testament examples, if you remember that, if you were here. We went through those six Old Testament examples. And Jude gave us those examples uh, to show us that God historically has never accepted anyone who changes the grace of God into a license for sin or who denies the truth of God. God's, God's record is perfect when it comes to this. He, he has never accepted that. He's never accepted those who teach that as, as doctrine. He's never blessed that. He doesn't bless that. And that brings us to verse 12 today where we pick up our study. Jude continues with this discussion about, about false teachers. And in the passage today, he shows us the results that this kind of false te- teaching produces in a person's life. The results that this kind of false teaching produces in a person's life. If a person changes the grace of God into license, or they deny the truth of God in some way, or ignore the truth of God, what will it produce in that person's life? What will be the fruit in that person's life? What fruit will it bear in that person's life? First word, what it produces. Barrenness. Barrenness. The second word, judgment. Judgment. Now look at verse 12. In verse 12, what he does now is he gives us um, six images that describe what the false teaching produces in a person's life. And these six images, they, they, they come from both the Old Testament and they also come just from the, the culture of living there in the land of Israel. He says, first of all, in verse 12, these are spots in your love feasts while they feast with you without fear. He says these, these false teachers, they're spots in your love feasts or your agape feasts. Now, uh, now, churches in the first century met in homes. They didn't meet in buildings. They didn't have church buildings yet. Uh, they met in homes. And love feasts... Uh, a love feast was a combination of uh, a communion service and a potluck, okay? So they would have, you know, your church would come together in a home, uh, and everybody would bring some food to eat, like a potluck, and then at some point uh, during that gathering and during that meal, they would partake in communion together. They would take the bread, they would take the wine, and they would remember Jesus Christ's death on the cross for our sins, as part of just the dinner that they were sharing together. And that's what he's referring to here. And what he's telling us, though, interestingly, is that these false teachers attended their love feasts. They, they were showing up at their home Bible study, these false teachers, and they were participating. They were showing up at the potluck, and they were participating in fellowship with them. And Jude says, hey, these false teachers that are coming to your home group, that are coming to your church, your home Bible study, he says they are spots in your love feast. Now that word spots, it's literally hidden reefs. Hidden reefs. In fact, uh, your translation might even say they are like hidden reefs or they are like dangerous reefs. And he's saying, you know, you're allowing these people that you know are false teachers, that you know their doctrine is off, 
that they're changing the grace of God into license for sin, and they're denying parts of the Word of God or ignoring parts of the Word of God, and yet you're allowing them to continue to come to your home Bible study. And he says, it's, it's like you've got a hidden reef there in your church. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. And what an image Jude gives us here. You know, just this, this picture of a hidden reef just under the surface of the water, unseen, but very, very dangerous. Uh, you know, I, I grew up along the uh, Alabama-Florida Gulf Coast, uh, and I remember there was one morning when I was out at the beach uh, at an area, area called Alabama Point, uh, and there at Alabama Point, there's an inlet uh, that comes in from the Gulf of Mexico into a bay, Perdido Bay, uh, and there's, there's jetties there, there's rocks, and then they also have a, a, a partial seawall there to break the waves that are coming into the protected waters. And during high tide, part of that seawall is submerged under the water just by like a foot or two. It's, not, it's very just beneath the surface. And while I was out there, this big, beautiful, luxurious, like 30 or 40 foot cabin cruiser comes in from the Gulf of Mexico. And it's high tide. And I don't know if the captain wasn't paying attention or he didn't know. But he tried to come into the inlet right where the seawall was, and it was submerged on the water. And he drove his boat and ran it right up onto that seawall and just ripped out the bottom portion of his boat, just demolished it, didn't even see it. And just all of a sudden, this thing's just stuck up on the seawall, and it just, just shredded the bottom of his boat. And there was, uh, like, furniture floating into the bay, and seat cushions and couches and all kinds of stuff. And, uh, and then a, a salvage boat, like a, they call them Sito, is the company. They come and they try to rescue the boat, try to pull it off of the seawall. And every time they tried to pull it off, they were just busting up the boat more and more. It was, I mean, it was amazing. Hidden reefs can be dangerous, and they can be very, very, very destructive. Now, a clearly marked reef or clearly marked rocks aren't dangerous because they're marked. And everybody knows because they're marked that there's, there's rocks there. And so everyone knows to avoid those rocks and to steer clear of them. But hidden rocks, a hidden reef, can be very, very destructive. And Jude says these false teachers that are coming into your, your home church they're like a hidden reef for your love feasts. They're a hidden reef to your fellowship with one another. You know, if, if they were clearly identified as false teachers, if they openly proclaimed that they were a false teacher and everybody knew that they were a false teacher, then everybody would just steer clear of them. But because they're, they're sort of secretly coming in and they're not broadcasting that they're teaching heresy, 
They're like hidden reefs. They're a real danger to the fellowship and to the communion that you share with each other. And, and Judah's warning here, that if you're not careful, they're going to shipwreck the church. They're going to rip it apart, and you're not even going to see it coming. And I know some of you have been involved in churches where someone came in and got a place of leadership in the church and then just destroyed it and ripped it apart. And that's what he's talking about here. So that's the first image he uses to describe these false teachers and what they teach. It's, it's destructive. It's a hidden reef. It's going to rip your church apart. The second image that Jude describes Jude uses to describe these false teachers. There in verse 12, he describes them as shepherds who only serve themselves. Shepherds who only serve themselves in verse 12. I like what the New Living Translation says here. It says, they are shameless shepherds who care only for themselves. Now, the Lord, of course, is described as a shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Psalm 23. Uh, In John chapter 10, Uh, Jesus describes himself as the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. Uh, When Jesus restored Peter back to the ministry in John chapter 21, he told Peter, what? Feed my sheep. Tend to my sheep. Care for my sheep. Feed my sheep. Uh, In Acts chapter 20, the apostle Paul exhorted the elders of the church in Ephesus to shepherd the sheep, shepherd the flock of God, shepherd the church of God, which is purchased with his own blood. In 1 Peter uh, 5, Peter says to the elders in the church, shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly. Dishonest gain means don't, don't do it just to make money off of the flock, but do it eagerly. Not as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock, and when the chief shepherd, that's Jesus, the chief shepherd, appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. And so in, throughout the New Testament, elders and leaders, pastors in the church were instructed to be shepherds and to shepherd the people of God. Now, a shepherd uh, is the epitome of someone who thinks of other people. A shepherd is the epitome of someone who puts others first and puts others' needs ahead of their own needs. But we see here in verse 12 that these false teachers, they're shepherds, they're they're leading churches, but they're bad shepherds. They're shameless shepherds. They serve only themselves. And and I believe what Jude is is alluding to here is Ezekiel 34. And here in Ezekiel 34, God rebukes the leaders of Israel. He rebukes the leaders of Israel for being shepherds who only serve themselves. He calls the leaders of Israel, specifically he's talking about the priests over Israel. He calls them shepherds. Look at verse 1 of Ezekiel 34. And the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. That would be the priests. Prophesy against them. Prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God to the shepherds, Woe to the shepherds of Israel, look what it says, who feed themselves. That's what Jude accuses these false teachers of. Should not the shepherds feed the flocks? And the answer is yes. 
shepherds should feed the flocks. That's the primary job of a shepherd, to lead the sheep to a green pasture to feed the sheep. Now, what does that mean in the context of a church? How does a shepherd in a church feed the sheep? What does that mean for a pastor or an elder or a leader? What does it mean to feed the flock of God? How does he do that? By teaching the Word of God. By teaching the Word of God. That's how you shepherd the flock of God. That's how you feed them. You know, in Mark chapter 6, verse 34, Jesus, it says, saw the multitudes and he was moved with compassion toward them because they were as sheep not having a shepherd. And so, it says, Jesus began to teach them. Teach them. They were sheep without a shepherd. And what did Jesus do to help them? He taught them. That's what a shepherd does. That's what feeding the sheep is. It's teaching them the word of God. But the, remember, these, these false teachers, they're denying the word of God. They're twisting the word of God. They're not teaching the word of God. But a shepherd, a good shepherd, should feed the flocks. Yet these shepherds are feeding themselves. Look at verse 3. You eat the fat and clothe yourselves with the wool. You slaughter the fatlings, but you do not feed the flock. These shepherds devoured the sheep. Instead of feeding the sheep, they were eating the sheep. Remember, Jesus said, beware of the false prophets, because they will, they will look like sheep, but they're really wolves. And a wolf eats sheep. And then he goes on here in verse 4. The weak you have not strengthened. Nor have you healed those who were sick, nor bound up the broken, nor brought back what was driven away, nor sought what was lost, but with force and cruelty you have ruled them. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd, and they became food for all the beasts of the field when they were scattered. My sheep wandered through all the mountains and on every high hill. Yes, my flock was scattered over the whole face of the earth, and no one was seeking or searching for them. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, says the Lord God, surely because my flock became a prey and my flock became food for every beast of the field, because there was no shepherd, nor did my shepherd search for my flock, but the shepherds fed themselves and did not feed my flock. Therefore, O shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against the shepherds, and I will require my flock at their hand. He asked me how I know, and I say, Bring truer than the finest crystal. Jude encourages you to not only know when God's word is being abused, but to stand up for the truth. It urges you to know the Bible from the moment God created the world to the beginning of life eternal with Him and without evil. Take some time today to read for yourself what the book of Jude has to share, as well as the rest of Scripture. Then you can know for sure what's true and what's being put forth as a lie. We're so glad you joined us today on Ring of Truth to study this New Testament letter with Pastor Dan Sexton. If you'd like more information on this ministry or to continue to listen to teachings from God's Word, visit calvaryec.com. We'd enjoy meeting you, too. If you're in the Baltimore, Washington area, you're invited to join us here at Calvary Chapel. 
We're located in Columbia, Maryland, just a few minutes from Route 95, Route 29, or Route 100. You can find out more at our website. Again, that's calvaryec.com. Would you do us a favor? Would you join us in praying for the ministry of Ring of Truth? Please pray for Pastor Dan and everyone involved in this program that we would continue to listen and respond to what our Heavenly Father has to say. Pray, too, for those listening that they would know Jesus and surrender to His love. Thanks for praying, and thanks for tuning in to Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack.